Welcome back, everyone, to another exciting episode of the Dirty Twenties Podcast. My name is Marcus Dusik, and with me this week we have three Ritzy and Red Hot role players. Ain't none of them a Rube. Please introduce yourselves, adventurers. I'm Lonlin. I'm gonna. Oh no, I'm Toby, and I'm gonna be playing Lonlin. <laughs> it's the curse. Oh, oh God, who am I? <laughs> It's too hot for this. <laughs> I am Elliot, and I will be playing Lizette. <sighs> yes, back on my throne. <laughs> I'm Craig, and I'm going to be playing Salem. Excellent, thank you very much. And as you have no doubt noticed, we do not have a Richard with us. We do not have a Cricket. Uh, we're not actually certain what's going on. I hope he's okay. I'm sure he is. He's probably just ignoring us because uh, he's cool like that. Um, also, we are recording on like a stupid hot day here in Vancouver. So I think all of us have fans blowing at our mics currently. If you notice any horrible sounds, uh, blame it on nature, not on us. Thank you very much. All right. So last we left off our heroes having defeated the churlish gnome and recovered the far gear had returned through the Warren of the Ways uh, to MacGuffins Incorporated, wherein they had confronted Aloysius G. MacGuffin himself about the dangers to which he had sent them to the uh, significantly higher stakes than were explained initially. And we had a couple of contentious conversations amongst PCs and MacGuffin and amongst the PCs themselves. But Al has, in order to help uh, hopefully assuage some of the tension, has promised to keep the Fargear in his office, locked up, warded against entry to any except himself, and has given you all two weeks off. Two weeks to recover, to do whatever you would like to do. So, we are entering a period of downtime. What I would like is for, unless anybody has anything that they would like to do before the downtime starts, cool. Uh, or jump in if you do. Um, but what I'd like everyone to do is just roll a d20, and we'll just use that to determine what order we go in to uh, determine what's happening during this downtime. Two. It's too hot to think. A two for uh, for Lizette. All right. I got a seven. A seven for Longman. I got a nine. Oh wow! All right, let's get those rolls out of here right away. Just like keep those low rolls gone. Uh, so we are going to start with Salem. Um, a couple of things about downtime. For the most part, you're going to tell me what you want to do. If there's a roll that needs to happen, um, we're going to do a probably a flat check but if there's a way that you think that you can like spin it that you might get advantage i'm totally open to that because this this will represent typically like several days worth of activity so it doesn't have to be like a flat check determines it if you can say like hey i spend some time and invest some like resources or whatever to doing this thing then it's great but otherwise we might just do some role playing so salem after you've been uh given a couple of weeks of leave by Mr. MacGuffin. What is your first port of call? Home. 
home first. My, my home, not my parents. Okay. Um, uh, I don't and... think... Yeah. Sorry, what? Uh, I was just going to say, uh, yeah, I don't think we've seen your home yet, if you wanted to describe uh, it. We have very briefly. Oh, once that's at the, right. the very outset before we left the city, um, when Salem <laughs> dressed up Lizette. That's uh, right. But, yeah, it's been quite... God, that's been like 20-something episodes, I reckon. <laughs> so, sure. Uh, Salem's home is hopefully, as they left it, <laughs> uh, I mean, they don't, they don't have any, like, traps or wards or anything like that, so just a, a decent, uh, from the exterior at least, uh, upper flat, some somewhere a few stories up, and uh, inside it is adorned uh, in a, a very fanciful manner, for the most part. Um, lots of darker shades, darker colors, uh, some some bright, vibrant ones as well, but um, mostly mostly a darker sort of, like, dark academia um, mixed with um, some sort of jazzy red stuff as well. Hmm. And uh, a lot of clothes. Just, just like more clothes than anyone should have, realistically <laughs> speaking. The, the sort of person that uh, doesn't typically have, uh, do- doesn't typically wear the same set of clothes twice in a row if they can help it. So. Excellent. Uh, yeah, you arrive at your uh, at your apartment, um, and it is in fact exactly as you would expect it. Uh, are there any house plants? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, Salem's not the sort to keep house plants. All right, not even as a gift from Briar. Uh, maybe like a cactus in the corner that Salem has has tried to keep alive <laughs> and is probably wilting a little bit. Um, I, I, I really, I don't think Salem has a green thumb. All right, uh, can you just make me a uh, a luck check? See, see how good that cactus is doing? Sure. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's yeah. going to be a one, I'm telling you. Uh, no, it's another nine. Never mind. It's another nine. Okay. Yeah. It's definitely like not looking super healthy, but cactus, cacti are, you know, they're accustomed to drought. Um, and so like some periods of neglect haven't like destroyed it, but it is definitely, uh, I think your sister would definitely be ashamed of the state of this plant. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Salem, Salem clicks their tongue and just will find like a a cup of water and pour <laughs> it into the, the soil. Ho- <laughs> hope that that does something. <laughs> uh, and maybe rearrange it and put it somewhere where it gets a little bit more light. Um, Salem keeps their, their blinds drawn most of the time. But uh, um, today I think Salem wants wants a bit of light. Okay. After everything that's happened. Although I don't know when I arrive at... Uh, I, I actually don't even know what time it was when we arrived at MacGuffin's, since we uh, stepped out of this hellish teleporter thing. Yeah, it would have <laughs> been probably around mid-afternoon. So, so it's like evening by the time I'm getting back? Yeah, I think probably around oh, evening. Great. Okay. Uh, well, Salem's gonna sort of putter listlessly around their apartment for a bit. Um, 
before winding up just uh, flopping back on onto their bed um, and probably staring at a bottle of uh, bottle of wine I'd imagine uncertain if they want to, to open it or not okay uh, yeah perfect uh, how many how much of the downtime would you like us to do at a time uh, you can do uh, like maybe the first three days or so I think first three days yeah well I think it's uh, it's Salem's not going to not going to drink on the first night um, I think they're mostly going to spend that first night in lying in their bed just staring at the roof um, probably curled up after a bit and, and pulling the blankets all up around them and uh, when they're con- closing the blinds and when they're confident that nobody can see them just um, just crying for a while under the blankets Hmm. And that's probably the first day. Okay. Uh, I I honestly don't see them doing much. Like <laughs> I I know that Salem wants to visit Briar. Uh but I just don't think that they have the the wherewithal for it after everything that's happened. Uh I, I think that Salem is is probably going to get drunk at some point. But other than haphazardly changing like a, a single bit of clothing here and there, they're mostly just going to be in their flat for the first few days. Okay. Toby, what does Lonlin get up to in these first few days? First day, maybe, or the first three days, whatever you would like to kind of go into. Uh, in the first few days, she would go to her father's house, but go at a time where she knows he's at work. Okay. So, like, he won't be, like, he's either, like, either sleeping or just, like, sleeping, but she will go to try and not catch him while he's awake. Okay. Uh, yeah, make me a. Uh, it kind of feels like a bit of a a wisdom or a stealth check, whichever you'd prefer. A wisdom or a stealth check. Yeah. They're both not great <laughs> <laughs> because of reasons. Um, uh, that's one. That one. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. So it doesn't uh, matter what it was. Longlin, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you uh, you go to your father's home. Uh, you're pretty confident you know his work schedule. Um, and you have a key. He's like open door policy for you. Whenever you want to arrive, you're welcome. Uh, as you uh, put your key in the door, it doesn't actually work. Um, and your, like your father's home is locked to you currently. Uh, and I think within that one, uh, you actually see that, uh, 
there's a door or there's a, a notice uh, taped to the door that says notice of eviction. What? Oh, I am going, how, does it have like a date that it was posted for the eviction? Uh, yeah, it was posted the day you guys left on your excursion to Bleak Spire. Are there, like, if, if can I look through a window? Like, yeah, are there any sure. of the windows, like, blinds open or? Uh, yeah, uh, make a perception check. Perception. Uh, that is a nine. A nine. Uh, you see that uh, there are like a couple, most of the windows on the ground floor have curtains drawn for privacy. Um, but you can see that on the second floor, um, like his bedroom curtain windows are open. Um, with a nine, you can't really see anything inside. You don't see anybody moving around, like looking down out of the window at you. Um, but you just see... Uh, that that's those are probably the ones that you're going to get the best view in without either opening one of the ground floor windows or breaking in. Okay, I'm going to. Can I somehow scale up to the second floor? Yeah, athletics check, please. Perfect. Or acrobatics if you think you're more uh, gymnasty. I feel Gym, like this might. Gymnasty is not a term, Marcus. <laughs> gymnasty is like that's like a weird. I don't know. That kind of I kind of like that term though. Like, like, oh yeah, you're into flexible shit. Oh, you're gymnasty. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I, I will go with acrobatics, and I got a twenty-four for acrobatics. All right, a twenty-four uh, effortlessly, and I think with a twenty-four, uh, the windows on the second floor, uh, like you're, it's actually unlocked, um, so you can scale up very easily. Um, and uh yeah it's like pretty like i think can you describe this 24 of acrobatics so longlin will get onto like a trash can or a railing of some kind and she would kind of try and parkour her way up and then when she could kind of reach a ledge on the second floor she would grab for it and then just like yank herself up Amazing. I think, uh, yeah, with that, it's like this super like choreographed style, like very like opening of uh, one of the double seven double oh seven movies. I forget which one with Daniel Craig uh, very easily, like effortlessly parkouring up. Um, and there's like a little uh, eight, eight inch wide little ledge underneath the or in between the first and second floor upon which you can stand. Um, and you could stand on there and look in, or you could like stand on there and then open the window without problem. Can I just look in and see if there's like stuff still in the like in the in the in the home? Yeah, for sure. I'm gonna say make me another perception or investigation check, whichever you'd prefer. I am crap at both, so hang on. <laughs> uh, oh, that's a twenty! Holy shit! Holy shit! All right, natural twenty. Yes whoa okay all right with a natural 20 you see that most of the stuff that you would expect is still there but there are some notable exceptions um you see that there was a like a family portrait that was had like for pretty much as long as you can remember 
has always been on your father's bedside table. That's gone. There's like a dust line where it has been sitting for so long um, and it was taken away. Uh, you also see that like the closet is ajar and that there is like um, pretty much all of his clothing has been taken away, but not in like a, a rushed way. It looks like it's actually been very organized and meticulous. Um, and you actually see, I think, uh, two more things with a natural 20. Uh, the first one is that you see, um, like a one, like tie kind of like one of the few ties that your father owns, um, you know, working with machines, he doesn't have very many occasions to wear ties, but you see that it has been, uh, very lovingly and carefully folded and placed at the end of the bed, um, almost as if it's waiting for his return. And you see underneath that tie, just the edge of a piece of paper. And you can just see the dwarven characters, uh, the last of like the last two of which you can see sticking out from underneath are the last two characters of your name. Well, I'm absolutely breaking in then. <laughs> yeah, I think with that, uh, with that 24, uh, that was like a good enough roll. I think the window is actually unlocked. Um, and uh, yeah, you can climb in. And you see that there is on this bed a a tie folded with a like a note to you underneath it. I I'm gonna take a seat on the bed and I will open the letter. All right, uh, you open the letter and it uh, is written in your father's hand, um, and it looks like it's written calmly. There's uh, I think with that natural twenty from before, there's no indication that this was like in haste or in fear um and it just says right my dear lonlin my dearest daughter i hope this letter finds you well that's the wrong voice he's not a like he's irish now like, <laughs> <laughs> okay right my dearest lonlin i hope this letter finds you well as you can probably surmise i've been evicted and he's put evicted in quotation marks. Uh, and he says, I believe that you know the circumstances under which I was, quote unquote, evicted. And don't worry, I'm okay. I've got a new place to stay and everything will be all right. But it really does come down to, you know, if you make a mistake and you don't pay your bills, and suddenly you're owing the wrong person, things get dangerous. So uh, I've been kicked out, but I'm good, and I will be... Uh, and he kind of... Uh, there's a little pause in the writing, and you see um, just, like, almost a little drawing... Uh, it's a fairly rough drawing. His hand's not like an artist's hand. It's a mechanic's hand. Um, but he's pretty good at drawing out like diagrams. And you recognize um, a little coffee shop. Like it's the sign for a specific coffee shop um, that you guys used to visit at like pretty much when you were all together as a family, including your mother. Um, and uh, he just kind of, draws that it's nondescript enough that if you don't know the coffee shop you probably don't know like where he is he's not like he's written the the name of the coffee shop he's just 
kind of drawn this out and you just recognize a few of the key details from it. Uh, and then the sentence continues every day at three o'clock in the afternoon after I get home from work. And if you would love, if you would like to join me, I would love to visit you. Much love. You're my darling little girl. And I know you're doing wonderful things. I love you very much. Pops. Do I get a sense that in the letter that he's in some kind of danger or immediate trouble? Uh, make an insight check. What is that? Oh, that is so worn. I think that's a six. Hang on. Uh, that's a 10. A 10? Uh, it's pretty like, it's interesting that he is kind of not just saying things outright. Um, so there's definitely that sense that like something is off, but also I think you do remember that like Al has been kind of constantly like reassuring you that your father is okay. So I think there's like a, maybe a, a diff, like, uh, is this because he's gone into hiding or did he do this himself or yeah, this it's hard to know if this was like fear or if he's just being cautious. Okay. Uh, if I look at my watch, what time is it now? Well, I had kind of told, I kind of said it was like kind of evening around when, uh, when Salem got back to their place, but uh, make me a luck check. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a two. <laughs> that's a two? Yeah, I think it's probably about five o'clock in the evening. Okay. Uh, knowing that, I'm going to... I'm going to leave the letter where it is. Like I'm going to fold it back up and put it back under the tie. Okay. And I'm going to go back to my place. Okay. Yeah. And what is your, what does your apartment look like? Uh, so it's just a one bedroom apartment, but when you go inside, like the first thing you notice that there's no furniture, there's like no portraits, there's no plants, there's nothing there like in the living room and kitchen there's just nothing really to, of interest but like in her bedroom is kind of where she keeps all of her things like there's like a lot of portraits of just like her and her father there's um like little trinkets like things that she's kind of collected along the way but there's there's no pictures of her mother anywhere it's just her and her father or mostly just her father um hmm. Yeah, and she would, yeah, like she would just wait until the next day and just hang out. Okay, uh, yeah, uh, the next day comes around. Uh, I'm assuming you're kind of, you're heading to the coffee shop? Yes. Okay, uh, yeah, you head to your, to that coffee shop that you recognize from the letter. Um, do you get there early, right on time? What you thinking? She would go early and try to stake the place out of it and just see if there's anyone kind of that she wouldn't really recognize or someone who might be like looking for him or looking for her kind of thing. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm going to say make me either a perception or an insight check, whichever you'd prefer.
not rolling good today. That is a five. Five. As far as you can tell, no one, no one paying any particular interest to the coffee shop beyond going in to get a coffee or two. Maybe come out with like a, a croissant. Okay. Uh, yeah, she would find a seat and just wait. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you find a seat and uh, pretty much right at three o'clock on the dot. Uh, you can see coming down the road, uh, wearing like workman's coveralls, uh, but with like a mustache that he didn't have before. Um, you see your father, um, and it seems like he's shaved off the the rest of his beard, uh, and it's just his mustache. Uh, who, as he's like walking down the road, um. Ooh, he actually doesn't notice you at first. Um, he is just going to go, like, almost like walk past you uh, and head towards the door into the coffee shop. Oh, okay. I'm going to... I'm going to stay where I am and I'm just going to watch him and just see if he goes anywhere else inside. Okay. Uh, yeah, you watch him. He just goes up, he orders a coffee, uh, you know, like a pretty standard coffee, just like he likes to drink it black. Um, but uh, you see he actually has put, he, he seems to have started putting in like a little scoop of sugar. Um, and he's he grabs a scone and uh, he comes out to one of the other tables, like kind of on the, like these bistro tables outside the cafe um, and seems very absorbed in his own thoughts. And he uh, pulls out a paper and uh, again walks past you then sits kind of beyond you and then begins looking up and down the road uh, as if he's waiting for someone. So knowing my relationship with my dad, is that really odd behavior? Uh, it's odd-ish. Um, probably the weirdest part was just that he didn't recognize you, but it could just be that he was like not expecting you to be there already. Okay. Um, Right. And I think, like, with, like, the way he's looking, he's looking probably for you, potentially. But he doesn't expect you to be in the cafe or at the cafe. So he kind of, like, strolled in, grabbed his coffee, and came out to then sit vigil. So he wasn't really thinking until he got to his spot to sit. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I will get up from my table and I'll, I'll go sit with him. Uh, yeah, you go and sit with him. Uh, as the chair is pulled out from the table you see he looks up in surprise and then just the biggest grin splits his freshly shaven face um and he just like stands up from the table and just wraps you in the biggest bear hug he can oh my dear i'm so happy to see you oh thank you so much oh what have you been are you okay uh, you're looking amazing no i i'm Did fine you get a tan oh um Sort of. I, 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 yeah, I did. Um, it, it's gonna, it's going to fade though. The, the tan's not staying. It's not really my, my style, I think. Wow. Well, I'll, I'll, let me just say, you look amazing. Where, where'd you come from? I've been looking up and down the road for you. Well, I had a table over there, but apparently it wasn't good enough, so I came to join you. <laughs> oh, I see. You, oh my goodness. Well, that is egg on your old pop's face. I am very sorry. Wow. 
But are uh, are you okay though? Like, where are you staying? Oh, uh, and he kind of looks around. Uh, oh, it's you know with friends. Uh, but oh, I'm my dear. I'm so glad to see you. Oh, I've been worried sick. Oh, when I when I was approached and told that you were off to do something dangerous, I. Well, I knew that that's just what you do, but I mean, I, I worry every time and this time it just felt different and bigger. Um, but uh, are, are things calm again? Can I go back home? Yeah, so wait, that eviction was just a front. Uh, and again, he kind of looks around and he's like, right, uh, maybe a little bit quieter, my dear. Uh, but yeah, it's I thought, sorry, I thought MacGuffins would have, uh, would have explained this to you. I'm in witness protection. And he kind of like, kind of smiles at that and looks kind of excited just by the, the prospect of that. Uh, and you see, he just kind of like scratches at his freshly shaven cheeks. He's like, I had to shave my beard. I mean, I, I barely recognized you. It, it really worked. Yeah, it's, um, well, the, it's just weird. Yeah. I mean, you didn't call out to me when I came in. So, like, this is as much on you as on me. So, just saying. Uh, he kind of looks at you seriously and then can't hold the expression and just smiles. And again, just, like, leans over in his chair and just gives you a big old squeeze. Yeah, like so good to see you. She'll give him a, a like a really tight hug back and just uh, just kind of be beaming, but also just, like not want to let him go. But she'll eventually let him go, and uh, she'll say, um, "If you have time to talk, I'd rather not talk here, if that's okay." Of course, no. To be honest, I would be much more comfortable talking somewhere less public. But uh, this kind of felt like a good place to rendezvous easily. And, uh, oh, it's just, I would, I would absolutely love to. Let me just, uh, have you paid for your drink? Let me, let, me, let me get that for you. And he, like, without even waiting for a response, goes back in uh, and just gives, like, way too much coin to the barista. Uh, and then comes, up, comes back out, uh, has, like, little to-go cups for each of you, little paper to-go cups. Uh, pours your drink into one, pours his into another, and then fully, like, actually busses his own table, uh, like, takes all the dishes away, uh, pulls out a handkerchief from a pocket and wipes down the surface of the table. Uh, and then you hear him just saying, have a good day, love you, uh, have a good day, everyone. <laughs> I was like, I should really, I, sh I shouldn't say I love you to strangers. It's just, I'm excited. Look, I mean, if you've met someone, I mean, I'll power to you. <laughs> oh, no, uh, it's, uh, it's mostly, I mean, if, the, uh, you know, Nicole over the uh, the barista, she's nice, but she's a, li she's a little young. She's probably like, I don't know, she's a human. And I think she's, it's hard to me for me to judge, but I would put her at like 60 in terms of dwarven years. So way too young for me. No, it's most, she's just very nice. Uh, I'm just very excited. And I said, I love you because I meant to say I love you to you. Uh, bye, everyone. I love you. Oh, then I did it again. <laughs> okay. Let's go. Yeah, she'll like kind of take his arm and just 
uh, she'll kind of start directing him to her house rather than his house. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you go back to like your place and he informs you that, uh, yeah, this was all a ruse by MacGuffins to kind of, in case anybody found out about who like you were connected to, that he wouldn't be in his home uh, like for them as easy pickings when he comes home from work. Uh, and MacGuffins is actually like kind of bought out his contract from the city um, and has put him into like their shop uh, in order to uh, like work on their machines and their vehicles. Um, and he's paid actually slightly better at MacGuffins. Um, he, he misses his compatriots at the, uh, at the old shop, uh, but he kind of understands the, uh, the subterfuge, but he, he seems very excited by the fact that if you're here, that hopefully means that he can go back to what he wants to do, which is working for the city. You and your folk, you and your dad have a little reconnection. Uh, and Lisette, what do you do in this, like in these first little bit of kind of being not so much furloughed as just given time off? Right. Um, <laughs> sorry, my brain is also kind of melting. Uh, good old, good old 37 heat waves in Vancouver today. Um, yeah. Lizette is uh, finding a speakeasy. Okay. She has not been back to her apartment since before she got taken by the archives, and she is not going to do that. Go back sober. <laughs> Okay, uh, make me a investigation check or a, uh, yeah, I think investigation makes the most sense. Cool, doing math again. Okay, wait. <laughs> that is a 25. A 25? You describe to me what sort of speakeasy you want to find. Um, what like what the secret passcode is to get in or whatever with a 25 you find it you know it for sure i feel like she's looking for one with like a good amount of people but a good amount of people that would not bother her or talk to her um okay so i feel like she's going to like a place that she had seen way before she got taken by the archives that she had seen or like heard of through um, some of her dad's friends, uh, like mentioning it, it's like in an alley somewhere. It's one of those things like, you know those storm doors that old houses have, they're like on an angle and they go down? Yeah. Those? Yeah, <laughs> so I feel like it's one of those and she just kind of like does like a secret knock on it that she just guesses correctly. <laughs> uh, yeah, you do the secret knock. Uh, it is opened up. Uh, you see, like, first of all, like, one of those little, like, eye slots kind of slides open. Uh, someone pokes their, their eye through. Huh. I don't recognize you, but you know the code. Come on in, missy. Uh, and then the doors uh, open up wide, and you see that there are, yeah, like, some nice steps. It's actually, like, fairly, like, fairly middle of the road, I would say. It's, like, um, it's definitely not the worst uh, speakeasy and it's definitely not like the ritziest kind of just like oh we're so elite let's go do something like adventurous in the big city and go to the speakeasy it's not that either it is very much like these are like there's a lot of people you see that are in still like work clothes of varying levels there's not really any like 
super fancy people too much. Mostly, this is like, this is where people come to drink. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, this lovely place. Uh, there's probably about 30 or 40 people here. Some of them are dancing, but most people are just kind of sitting off on their own uh, and drinking. Because that's going to like kind of saddle up to whatever bar seat is available and just sort of crouch on the stool. Okay. Just kind of staring forward. <laughs> uh, you're just staring forward. Um, without you asking for anything, a glass is just slid across the bar at you um, by the bartender. You see it's this quite beautiful uh, like woman. She looks like she's got um, indeterminate heritage. It's hard to know exactly where she comes from if she has like elf in her features. She's got some fine features for sure, but her ears aren't pointy. Um, and uh, she's got beautiful silver hair. Uh, her face looks very youthful though and she's wearing um, a tuxedo uh, like a tailored tuxedo nice and fitted um, and uh, she's got you can see like a top hat hanging up on like a peg behind and uh, just a like a straight up shot of whiskey has been slid down the bar to you and she just winks and raises an eyebrow was that doesn't look at her and just takes the whiskey and knocks it back and then slides the glass back without without focusing her eyes at all. Okay. Uh, yeah, this bartender um, has expertise and insight. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, with a 15 plus uh, 6, 21, um, this bartender, like as bartenders do, knows when someone wants to talk and when someone does not. Uh, and uh, just slides the uh, glass back to you, uh, comes over with a bottle of whiskey, and just puts the bottle in front of you, uh, pours one into the whiskey shot glass for you, looks at you, and just tops it up right to the brim. Lizette just kind of like solemnly nods and knocks it back again. Uh, yeah, and she leaves the bottle there for you and uh, moves off to the other end of the bar and you see her conversing with some of the other patrons of the bar very animatedly. Uh, she's got uh, a hint of a French accent, um, but it's also like tinged with maybe a little bit of Australian. Uh, but uh, yeah, she's perfectly content to just let you uh, to drink and anytime your bottle empties, she will... Uh, very like professionally come over uh, swap out the glass for a fresh glass and swap out the bottle for a fresh bottle I don't think that she gets to the point of finishing the whole bottle yet like she's sort of she okay. took the first two to like take the edge off and now she's kind of just like enjoying it and sitting there um, she takes out her uh, the notebook that she's been writing all the archive stuff in and then starts just kind of like idly flipping through it like again like eyes fully not focused just kind of so so drained okay uh make me a luck check please Oof, that is a seven uh so this bar is you know this speakeasy 
it's supposed to be one of those bars where you can go and like drink and no one's going to bother you. However, Lisette is also, for as much as Lisette is like kind of scary looking, Lisette is still a very beautiful woman. And as you're sitting at the bar, idly flipping through your pages, you hear a, Oh, hey, toots. You're one of them smart folk. Why don't you uh, come over here and educate me? Well, that is like fully ignoring him, just <laughs> continuing to read, not even like looking over her shoulder. Actually, no, she looks over at her shoulder. She looks over her shoulder at him with her like, I guess the lighting might be kind of dim in here. So her eyes are like fully neon green glowing <laughs> and kind of like stares at him and then rolls her eyes and goes back to reading. Uh, make me an intimidation check, please. That's a four. You see this guy, uh, you kind of look at him. You expect him to recoil at the sight of your eyes. And you just say, you just hear him say, oh, look at them peepers. Oh, beautiful. Oh, matches the the entire physique. Oh, wow. You could, uh, you could start a war with them eyes. How about, uh, I mean... I'd be your first soldier in line if you want, hun. And he kind of like purposefully like elbows the person who's on the stool beside you away and just fully sits down beside you. If you were to be my soldier in war, you would be the first to die on the front lines. Hey, if, uh, if it's in service to you, toots. I mean, come on, what more could a man ask for, huh? Get higher standards. <laughs> Oh, think better of yourself, hon. You're beautiful. And uh, any man would be lucky to know you, if you know what I mean. Look, I don't know what your game is, but I've had a very long day. Actually, I've had a very long couple of years. And if you are going to attempt to court me, I would really appreciate if you got better material. (laughs) Attempt to court you? Well, miss, I mean, I'm flattered that you would think that I have the manners to court, but this is more of a a proposition. Say you've had a couple of rough years. I know uh, a good old remedy for uh, the bad times. And gives you, like, the sleaziest wink you can imagine. Lizette finishes the bottle. And puts it on the counter. And then turns to him. And she's, like, she's crouching on the bar stool. Like, she's not sitting on it. Oh, shit. (laughs) This guy's weird. This guy's into (laughs) some weird shit, all right? Yeah, he's gotta be. Um, And she kind of, like, very slowly and very deliberately grabs the collar of his shirt. And pulls him very close to her face. Uh, he seems excited by this at first. She takes note of this. <laughs> I need you to know what danger you are putting yourself in by doing this. But if you would like to head back to mine, so to speak, I just need you to tell me that you're willing. Shit. Uh, this guy 
fully, uh, you see his eyes light up. And he's like, Hun, I am more than willing. I am ready and raring to go. Okay, I go to the archives. <laughs> Fuck yeah, you do. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, we have our second BBEG. Here we Ooh, go. <laughs> let's see how many I can make in one night. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, you go to the archives. Um, he's like, holy shit, hon. This place is all yours? Oh, all we want to do is and just starts like yelling and howling and making as much noise as possible in a library. Fantastic. I didn't even have to use a spell slot. And then I'm going to leave. Let's see. Uh, He like is howling. He kind of wanders away from you. Um, And just as you're about to leave, uh, he looks back at you and you see like as the books kind of form around you to kind of transport you away, you just see his face go from excitement and happiness to, oh shit, what's going on? Uh, and then poof, the book cover closes and you reappear wherever you left from. Did you leave I... directly just from the bar? Yes. Also, I flip him off as the books. <laughs> <laughs> um, you reappear on your bar stool. Um, two like cries of excitement, confusion, and also just a whole bunch of people assuming that this is some sort of show. And there's like, woohoo! Yeah, that was epic. Do it again. Do it again. Um, and uh, yeah, there's like a pile of loose papers on the ground, which you see kind of like fade to dust as they settle on the ground. Uh, the bartender woman uh, just looks at you kind of walks over, uh, gives you a nod, and says, that guy is a creep. Wherever you went, I hope he never comes back. And then uh, puts, an, like, takes the empty bottle away, puts another one in front of you, and goes back and uh, talks to one of the other patrons. Is that kind of, like, just so, so exhausted and drained and, like, Kind of leaning over the bar and realizing that that didn't make her feel as good as she thought it was going to. Hmm. Um, and she kind of like scans the room, just like looking at the patrons, just sort of like taking note of like the people that she sees and just everything that happened today and hoping to God she doesn't recognize anyone. Uh, make me a luck check, please. Oh, God. I am rolling like dog shit today. That's a two. That's a two? Uh, with a two on the luck check, um, as you're scanning the crowd, not only do you recognize someone, but you realize that they recognize you as your childhood best friend is in this bar at the other side of the room, you're scanning, your eyes lock. He, like, his eyes go absolutely wide. And he just stands up and starts making his way towards you, pushing through the crowd. Lizette, like, freezes. 
and then grabs the bottle and like tries to scramble out of the bar. <laughs> uh, make me a stealth check to try to like use the crowd to like hide. <laughs> Wait, no. Um, <laughs> is it, there's a dirty one. <laughs> That's a dirty one. Oh my god. Um, you <laughs> grab the bar. Dirty twenties. <laughs> Uh, you grab the bottle. Uh, some of the papers that had reappeared from your like escape from the archives haven't fully turned to dust. You step on one. It's your foot slips out from under you. You crash to the ground. Um, people clear a ring around you, um, and you watch as your childhood best friend steps in and says, "Lisette, Lisette, is that you?" Oh my god. Oh my god. You're alive. Oh, thank god. Uh, and uh, just starts like crying in relief. Uh, hi, Angie. I, um, I, I would have called, but. Hi. Oh my god. Um, She's kind of like shielding her eyes and like trying her best to to cover her face as much as she can, but like casually. Uh, yeah, um, oh my god, where where have you been? You're, we've been looking everywhere for you. Oh, uh, looks around, sees like everyone watching. He's like, um, okay, uh, should let's uh let's go somewhere. Um, oh my god, I. I, uh, do you want to grab a, wow, a drink, but maybe somewhere else, um, or a coffee or like, oh crap. Did, did, have you told your mom? Your mom has been worried sick. Um, I, uh, uh I'm sorry. And she's going to try to run again. Oh God. Okay. Um, Make me a another stealth check. Oh God! <laughs> no, that's a four. <laughs> a four. <laughs> this is lesson mom... today, folks. This is uh, this is just us. This this is how Lizette dies. She just trips and then like dies during downtime. <laughs> uh, yeah, you um, like yeah, you uh just take off running and i think like you've been trying to cover your eyes and you're not aware of your surroundings and you actually just run uh to a corner of the bar that doesn't have like an exit uh and angie just kind of walks up to you and says um wow okay look it's okay you don't and whenever you want okay this is obviously a mutt like a lot um just uh you know where i live i'm i'm still there still living with the folks i know i gotta get out of there look um wherever uh whenever you're ready to talk just uh i will you, Angie, know, you yeah just just um it's okay it's okay um just i uh Right, this is the last thing I wanted to do today. 
I owe you an explanation. I do. I owe everyone an explanation. And she sort of like slowly lowers her hand and like uh, makes solid eye contact with him. All right, I'm going to give him a wisdom saving throw. Oh god. Uh, he got a 12 plus I'm I don't know, I'm just going to give him a stat. I think he's like that's enough that you definitely see him start and like step back at your eyes. But then instantly that is replaced by concern and he's like Lizette are you okay oh my god what happened she kind of like takes his wrist and like drags him out of the bar with her free hand because the other hand still has the bottle <laughs> uh yeah for sure um yeah so you uh, head out of the bar uh, Angie is just like fully stupefied um, you kind of as he's going like he's like just like in shock uh, but also uh, is instantly like trying to kind of like be your protector a little bit and uh, is like staring anybody down who's looking at you funny and is um, like also trying to kind of get in front of you uh, to kind of stop any wayward glances that might be uncomfortable for you. At this point, if it's not someone who knew Lizette before, she's so used to it that she's like unfazed if people are staring. It's just him and her mom, basically, that she was kind of afraid of. Um, once they get outside, she bites the cork out of the bottle and starts drinking it again. <laughs> <laughs> Should I make like uh, a constitution saving throw or something? Because she's a bottle in. <laughs> yeah, go for it. God damn it. <laughs> Nine. <laughs> you're, I mean, I think you're at that point where you, you know that you're not drunk. You absolutely 100% know that you can handle your shit. Uh, you've like had more alcohol before. You're not drunk. Everyone else knows very clearly you are drunk. Dope, dope. Okay. <laughs> oh, all right. Look, Angie. Okay. Um. So, long time no see. What's it been? Like, yeah, you look great. You always it's... look so good. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Um, it's been like 14 months. And Lizette, I thought you were dead. I... Um... Honestly, it would probably be better if I was... No. Lizette. Are you kidding me? When I thought you were dead, I... Uh, you see, he kind of like bites back some words. Lizette, I was... It was horrible thinking that you were dead and that there was nothing I could do. I'm... Whatever you went through, I am so sorry about, but 
it is it would not be better for you to be dead this is like this is the I don't know. This is something I've been praying for. And I, you know, me, Angie, you know, me, uh, us, Angel, Angelinis, we're not, we're not like religious, right? You know, we, we don't really believe in that shit, but I've been praying to any God I can think of that you would someday walk back in and you did. And I'm just, I'm so I'm so happy to see you again. And you see a few tears form in his eyes and they start falling down his cheek. Lizette starts tearing up, but it's like ink. So she's like very quickly wiping her tears away. Uh, um, yeah. I, I I guess I've been doing some, uh, some uh, praying of my own, just not to any gods. Uh, I... I was, uh, how do I describe this to someone? Um, you remember my job, my job, I worked in the archives. Um, there was a secondary archives that was like super not a fun place to be in. And I couldn't get out without some major sacrifices and... I've been, I guess, hiding. I can't get, I can't, I, I can't get around the fact that, that I've been hiding. I've been hiding from you. I've been hiding from mum. I couldn't give more of a shit about dad, but. <laughs> uh, I've been you scared. say that he, uh, yeah, he laughs as you say you couldn't give him more of a shit about your dad. Um, and he's like, yeah, our dads suck. Um, but then you say that, uh, you've been scared and you watch as just like his world kind of like, I don't know. It just opens up to you. Like his entire being opens up and he is just like, Lisette, I... I can only imagine, I I have no idea what's going on. I don't even understand what you're talking about. Another archive. Look, we went to MacGuffins. They couldn't find you. We looked all through the archives multiple times, but whatever happened, I am just, I was so scared when I thought that you were gone. And uh, you see, he looks like down for a little bit. He's like, I'm just, I'm just really glad that you're back and you can tell me as much as you need to or not, but Lisette, you're back. It's, um, it's spectacular. It's, it's amazing. Uh, and he's just like fully openly weeping right now. Oh, geez. I, f I forgot how sensitive you can be. Um, oh, sh all right. All right. All right. I'm not the only one crying here. Any like, like just rubs a finger across your cheek uh, and, like, brushes some of the ink away. Lizette is, like, frozen. Like, very much, like... Like, 
fully g- going into like schoolgirl crush mode, just like, ah, oh, okay, like freaking out a little bit. Also, because she's drunk, so she can't like put up the mask that she normally does. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, yeah, but at least it, it looks cool when I do it. I've got these black <laughs> tears. I mean, what's, what's more metal than that? Yeah, I mean, all right. If if it's been a competition about who among us is the most metal, it's always been you, Lizette. It's uh Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I'm um I'm a I'm a big old crybaby. And uh I don't know. You never you never seem to care too much about that. And uh I'm just gonna tell you, Lizette, I You were my best friend growing up, and you've always been my best friend, and you were the refuge from the shit that was our fathers, and when you were gone, it was the hardest thing that I've ever been through, and seeing you now is, it's like the best thing that's ever happened, and I love you, Lizette, and Look, it doesn't have to be any pressure. You don't have to say anything back. It just like we can just be friends, all right? But I just, I just needed to tell you that I love you. Lizette is like fully speechless for the first time ever. Um, she kind of like tries to run away again. Uh, make me whatever check you think, like acrobatics, athletics, uh, just straight up dexterity, uh, stealth, um, or you could do something like, uh, trying to distract him by like, whatever you would like to do, uh, however you do it, but you are going to roll it with disadvantage because you're now drunk. It doesn't matter what it was. It was a one. I got a natural one, so it doesn't matter what check I do. (laughs) Wow. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. Uh Lizette, you uh I think you like in your mind you you tell your body to run away. Your mind is commanding your body to run. And with a natural one, I think you just fully freeze in place. I don't think you even move. I think like you're kind of gone into like a mind palace. I almost of like yes, if I run here and I run there and I do this and I turn this way, I can go over here and you like, I know these back streets and everything and you just fully like plan out the route. Fully Sherlock Holmesing. Yeah, fully Sherlock Holmesing, but you're not moving at all. Uh, uh, I, um, uh, he, uh, uh, she's kind of like swaying back and forth, shakes another swig of the bottle. Angie, I've loved you since we were kids. Okay, that's... Mm, I said that out loud. Um, I... I love you, Angie. But I can't take on the responsibility of loving anyone right now. Lisa. that... I just spent the last 14 months in the worst pain of my life. And 
that was just thinking that you were gone. You being back and I mean, hearing you say that is, it's the, it's the most amazing thing I've ever heard. And today went from being an, a normal, okay day to one of the best in my life. And I don't want to put any pressure on you. Lisette, if you need another 14 months, that's okay. Just knowing that you're alive, that's the most amazing thing I can possibly imagine. And if you say that you need more time or you're too afraid to take on the responsibility, I get it. That's fine, whatever. But I just need you to know that I'm here for you. And just because you're not ready to take on the responsibility doesn't mean that I'm not. And whenever you're ready, Lisette, I'm right here. Uh, and he kind of just leans in gently and uh, goes in for a kiss, but goes only like the 75% of the way. I think that she cuts him off before he has a chance to do that by kissing him. Okay. Like holding the sides of his face, life or death, like very aggressive, not aggressive, but like very intense and then pulls back and goes, okay, we're back. Um, Quick thing, not afraid at all. I've wanted this for a very long time. It's more the fact that I'm being hunted by several gangs. I am, uh, but not betrothed. Um, hmm, what is the word? I know a lot of words. What is the word for it? You, you've betrothed. always known a lot of words. It's, um, um, it's uh, uh, I am in debt, essentially, to what is in Eldrick space, so to speak. I would call it a hellscape, although it is very lovely for a lot of different things. I essentially owe it my life, and I'm not afraid of being with you. It's more that I am afraid that you are going to get hurt because there is a good probability that I will die for realsies this time. Uh, Angie uh, grabs your hands and just says, if things are as bad as they are, I don't want to waste another minute. And if you're scared of some two-bit gangsters, you know the shit we grew up with. Our dads taught us how to deal with them shitholes, right? And all that Eldrick stuff. We can figure it out, but if you're scared of this for me, Lisette, I'm a grown-ass man. I take on that risk 100% of the time, every time. For you. You always were just a right idiot, weren't you? Yes, I was. Lisette, you've been calling me an idiot for my entire life, and it's true. Uh, but he then just kind of takes a moment, gets a little serious, and he's like, but I'm an idiot about everything else. I'm not an idiot about this. You always were always wrong, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, Angie, you're, you're so... You're, you're lovely, 
and you're cute. You have you got to stop trusting everyone so much because I don't know if you see this shit. Like, have you seen my eyes? That's not that's not safe. This is not a safe thing. Yes, those gangsters, but guns can only do so much. I have been gifted with what is essentially the powers of the disgusting, beautiful, eldritch universe at my fingertips. Guns and gangsters are the least of my problems right now. I made a man evil. I made, I essentially made the start to what could have been the apocalypse. Because, because I've lost it. And I want this. But look out for yourself. Uh, you say look out for yourself. He is still holding your hands in his. And he's just gazing into your eyes. And he leans in, gives you a kiss, and he says, Lisette, you and I always had one rule growing up, all right? That one rule was you and I. We look out for you and I, and this is both of us now, and I'm not walking away. You were gone for 14 months. I missed you for 14 months. I am not getting scared away by some stupid eldritch horror. All right? You're actually very smart. <laughs> Coming from you, that is a huge compliment. All right. You stubborn bloke. The second it gets too dangerous, I will not hesitate to... And she kind of, like, drunkenly, like, boops his nose. Erase all of your memories of me. <laughs> and run away into the ether. So know that that threat is always on the table. Uh, he is going to, uh, yeah, just smile at you and say, you gotta catch me first. Uh, and it would be very going... easy with all the tentacles at this point, so <laughs> I really oh. need you to know just just exactly how much that I can do. It's very fun and also more power than I deserve. Um, buy me a coffee. It would be my honor. Uh, and he gently uh, sets the whiskey bottle down on the ground and then takes your hand and strolls and uh, leads you to a late night coffee shop. Hey friends, Marcus here. Once again, we do not have advertisements. I've been neglectful in my duties as a 
business person and uh, frankly I'm actually in quite a substantial amount of debt because of this podcast so I do have some creditors chasing me and I'm terrified for my life but more importantly than that is that we keep producing this actual play I mean it's significantly more important than my own safety so to that end I just wanted to give you all a heads up that over the summer, we're probably going to have a reduced feed. Yeah, I don't know. We're going to put out less episodes, fewer episodes. Wow, Marcus. Okay. Yes, we're putting out fewer episodes just because, you know, it's the summer. We got to get outside now that a lot of the lockdowns have eased, at least where we are in British Columbia, we can actually see people which is nice yeah anyway i hope you guys stick with us it's gonna be uh spectacular i'm excited for where this could go this episode was tremendous and i will keep on keeping on and you stay frosty bye And I think we're going to go back to Salem. Salem, in the first few days, you mostly just hang out. Um, At some point, you have a drink, you were saying. What would you like to do kind of after that? Steal something. (laughs) Anything in particular? Something valuable, I reckon. All right. Uh, From anyone in particular? (sighs) Well, Salem wants to spend... A bit of time uh, looking around and seeing how uh, the locals in their neighborhood are, are doing. Um, and I, I reckon Salem's got a, a nice place in a bad place, if that makes sense. They've yes, uh, for sure. They they, uh, they definitely fled from the wealth of their parents and uh, set themselves up somewhere. Um, not the best, uh, but couldn't resist keeping some some pleasures. So they want to look <laughs> around and um, sort of figure out who's uh, who's the worst offender in their little old neighborhood. Um, I don't. I I know New Republic is history, and I know that it's um, been overrun by gangs again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what like the like like a poor district of New Republic would be. I, I imagine outside the walls. Uh, yeah, definitely. Like the outer Romic ward is probably the the most, the hardest up. Like that is an area that is constantly sure. being flooded. Um, basically, only the poorest people in the city live there because anybody who can afford to get out of there will get out of there. Okay, well, Salem's not going to live in a place where their house is going to be destroyed by a flood, but hmm. they'll probably live close by, like the edge of the inner Romic. Um, yeah. Romic, I, I imagine, sort of okay, looking yeah. out across the outer Romic, so they'll. They'll go to the Adoramic and uh, look around, see what's going on. Excellent. Uh, I'm going to say make a either a streetwise check or an investigation check, whichever you'd prefer. I'll pull a streetwise. Okay. We've got a... <laughs> I'm going to spend by inspiration. Okay, wow. <laughs> uh, I've got a 24. Uh, 24. Okay. Yeah. Also, just what are these rolls, folks? 
Uh, yeah, no, it was garbage. <laughs> I mean, I have a decent bonus, but it was still a garbage roll, so yeah, not not keeping it. <laughs> All right, with a twenty-four, uh, you can absolutely pick out that there are. Uh, and you you say you were looking towards the outer, outer room, yeah. Word? yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, there are definitely some, like, there's a lot of like fairly like low level stuff going on, but most of it is being organized by. Uh, someone of like in the grub tongue family um it's not like one of the high ups this is like kind of like a a franchisee almost i think with that 24 you're like observing long enough uh you can kind of follow a few of the, the street level people to kind of go back to someone to whom they're reporting uh this is someone who doesn't obviously live in the romic wards in either of them um and actually you're able to follow this person um, back to their uh, their fairly large townhome in High Point. It's a hill uh, inside the walls, um, fairly close to Lorraine Square, um, and it, it's called High Point because it's just like pretty much the highest point of the area within the walls, um, and it is a like quite well-to-do establishment or a uh, building neighborhood sorry and uh yeah this person is a uh, most of the high ups in the grub tongue are like orc or half orc um but this is actually a uh oh uh a gif uh, hippopotami person you see that this person has been like incredibly ruthless at times uh very much like wears uh like that fancy suit that you would expect uh someone wealthy to wear uh even when visiting the the Romic wards um, often arrives in like a private carriage, conducts meeting in the carriages, uh, and then heads back home. Um, and uh, yeah, this person's name. Um, this person's name is Trevor. It's hmm. Trevor. Trevor. Yeah. Trevor the GIF. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Well, <clears throat> looks like I'm breaking into Trevor's. Okay. Perfect. Are you looking for anything in particular? Uh, yes. All right. Salem, I think, would steal something of, uh, something of, of value, uh, to Trevor. Uh, I'm, I'm torn between something sentimental and something just exceptionally valuable. I think I'm going to go with, uh, <laughs> with something exceptionally valuable. Okay. Perfect. Uh, make me uh, another investigation check, I think, just to kind of determine if you can find what is most sure. valuable. Yeah. All right. Uh, 23. A 23. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, with a 23, you can find that there are quite a few things of value. Um, there's not really any like magic items beyond just like a, a couple of things to help like keep things clean and organized uh he um trevor is actually like wealthy enough to hire a staff of people and employ them to do menial work and he kind of takes a delight in having people do the work that could be done by magic of course um, he does hmm? so of course he does yep exactly um so there's not like any magic items but with the 23 you know that um pretty much every time Trevor, and why did I pick a, such a, a generic name like Trevor? Come on, Marcus. 
Um, every time Trevor, uh, because he had a worse name, yeah, and he's he taken the name. He's, he's taken the name Trevor because <laughs> he just didn't want to go by his previous shitty name. Yeah, um, he, had, he was named like I don't know something something awful. Yeah, yeah, it was like yeah, it was some weird fantasy name <laughs> with like way too many apostrophes, um, and it was like all of it very was, like, traditional gift name. Yeah, exactly. And he's like. No, fuck that, I'm Trevor. <laughs> because he was named Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor is the next time. What's after Trevor? Kyle? <laughs> hey, oh, Kyle's Kyle. a great name. Don't make fun of Kyle. <laughs> I wish I could be a Kyle. I aspire to Kyle. Kyle is like, whoa. Oh, no, I'm only a Trevor at the moment. But one day, one day I'm going to be a Kyle. And you watch me. You, I'll, I'll show all y'all how cool Kyle is. <laughs> Kyle with oh my god K I A L oh god Kyle that's like so Kyle. horrible <laughs> yeah oh. that's why his name is Trevor now yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes he uh, I think with that twenty three you observe him going to his like secret vault um, like underneath or behind one of the paintings he's got a little safe um, and I think with that twenty three I think that's actually enough to actually see the combination. Um, it's zero 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 zero. Of course uh, it is. Yeah, uh, Trevor, not not super smart. There's a reason that he handles pretty much like street level stuff, um, and I think you get a sense that all of the good stuff happen is in Trevor's uh, like safe. And uh, yeah, with that twenty three, I think uh, in order to steal it, how would you like to steal it? <sighs> Without leaving anything behind except for a feather <laughs> amazing uh make me a stealth check and um do you do this like pretty quickly or do you take some like you take some time casing them out right um you know what normally i would say yes but i think salem is feeling quite reckless right now so i'm gonna say no it's just uh just in and out you know okay. like enough time to see that he's got something valuable in there enough time to see his combination enough time to know that he's being a piece of trash to the people of the Adoramic, and that's enough for them. Okay. Great. Uh, make me a stealth check, and... Uh, so just a stealth check? Yeah, just a stealth check, and I think as stealth well, check. just an acrobatics check as well. Oh, you cut out a little bit there. Uh, oh, sorry. Bit? Okay. Uh, stealth and acrobatics, I think. And acrobatics, right. Yeah. Okay. Well... I've got, uh, with advantage, 24 and 24 on stealth. Oh my god. Uh, and then a nat 20 on acrobatics. Jesus. Uh, effortlessly, um, you, like, scale uh, up onto the roof. You come down in through a window. Um, you, like, absolutely no problem. You time it so that Trevor's out of the building. All of the staff are, like, doing errands, like, down on the main floor. Um, this... Uh, painting is obviously in Trevor's like private study um, it's like kind of like the most obvious place it could possibly be um, but it's also the place where he feels it's the safest because it's his study right like no one's gonna mess with my study um, and uh, yeah you uh, effortlessly like open a window slide in you are perfectly quiet you leave absolutely no traces uh, you enter zero 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 uh, it opens and um, can you please roll me uh, 
a D6 and a D10, please. Of course. Yeah. That's six on the D6. Okay. And four on the D10. Okay. Uh, so you get 460 gold uh, worth of uh, basically coins and uh, assorted like knickknacks and like high value things. All right. And uh, yeah, you are effortlessly able to slip back out, uh, leaving behind your feather. I'm assuming you leave the feather in the actual safe itself. Of course. Of course. I'm not an amateur. <laughs> Amazing. Um, you leave your feather in the safe. You're able to escape. And as you're uh, climbing down, just make me a perception check, please. Gotcha. Uh, 16. Uh, 16, you overhear a couple of the housekeepers talking. Oh, well, you know, times are tough for for, for Master Trevor. Uh, you can't afford to pay us right now, so uh, just keep, keep working, and when, when, when finances get better, I, I'm sure he'll make good. Uh, and the other one, well, it's, it's just, I've got I've got the two bairns at home, and, and they're not, you know, one's sickly, but... Uh, Last time I mentioned it to, to Trevor, uh, he, he docked my wages for, for, for daring to speak to him. So, oh, don't, don't, not, don't talk back to him. You know, he hates it, but he, he makes good. He does. He does. Uh, when, when things are good, he'll, he'll be sure to make good. I, I promise. Uh, it's, uh, he's, he's... Salem's going to put their fingers to their mouth and, uh, but, sorry, pause for a second. And yeah. while that conversation is going on, they're going to get out their Rod of the Magicycle. Oh, shit, yeah. Uh... And they're going to, uh, once they've activated it, they're going to whistle at the uh, the pair of house keepers. Oh, are they inside? Or they're, are they outside just on the street? Uh, they're, you know what? Um, they are, uh, they're outside. They are like beating sure. uh, carpets and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Salem is going to whistle. Um, and I imagine they've got uh, a spare coin coin purse or something. Uh, just put 50 gold in a coin purse and uh, chuck it over in their direction. Okay. And then before, before they have a chance to look inside, just race off. <laughs> Amazing. Your Magicycle, this beautiful like clockwork motorcycle with like arcane engines um, kind of folds out from your, your hand, your, your staff. Uh, and you race off in the distance and uh, I think you just like, as you're like turning a corner, uh, you can look back and you see them like opening it up and their faces just glow and they, and they just kind of like look around and like put the coins like secretly away. Good. Uh, I would like to find where um... <sighs> I would like to find where uh, our old friends are staying in the city. As in the Grub Tongues? Uh, or who? Yes. I, I'm, I wrote it down and for some reason I've lost it. The, the Pixie. Oh, the Pixie. Uh, Maggie, no. Uh, it was Millie. Nelly. Thank you. Nelly? Millie? Millie. Millie Polly. Thank you. Yes. 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 Thank you, Lonlin. Thank you, Lonlin. <laughs> Thanks for doing my homework for me. 
<laughs> I promise when I when I submit it, I'll, I'll make sure I change it so that the I'll change it enough so that the teacher doesn't know that it's the same. <laughs> Aren't you the teacher as well? Oh wow! Uh... Oh shit! Oh crap! <laughs> no! <laughs> Worst nightmare. Um, I want to find where Millie Plum is. Okay. Because I would like to leave the painting at her place. Oh, okay. And then leave a note as to where it can be found. Oh, shit. Okay. Okay. Make me another uh, investigation or a streetwise check. Human determination on this streetwise check, so I've got All advantage. Right. Uh, 25. Okay. With a 25, um, you know that uh, Millie Plum had actually been handed over to the, like, the city watch, but... The grub tongues are like they're connected enough that it was kind of it was a nominal like overnight stay and then was kind of sentenced to time served, which was one night. And uh, yeah, you're able to determine like even though MacGuffins had like kind of tried as much as possible to build that case, uh, the city officials are corrupt enough that there's just not really anything else MacGuffins could do once it was handed off to the city, which MacGuffins had to do. Of course they are. My grandfather's on them. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Salem, yeah, Salem's going to find where Millie Plum lives Absolutely. and uh, basically try to frame Millie for the theft of the, the painting. Okay, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, so you took the painting itself, not just the contents of the uh, the safe. Oh, sorry. I thought that was clear. Yes. Oh. No, I wanted, I wanted to steal... Um, the, the painting and, and the wealth, yeah. Yeah, for sure, totally. Amazing. Make it super obvious. I love it. Uh, I, I apologize. Yeah, no, no, no. That was, I, yeah. that was probably just me mishearing. Uh, yeah, uh, with a 25, you're able to absolutely determine like where Millie Plum and Maggie Grubtongue have gone to. They're just... The, the Grubtongues have a essentially a compound like kind of like Don Corleone or like any of like those like iconic mafia movies. Like they have like a mansion, a full on mansion. And there is like a wing that is devoted to Maggie and Millie is staying there currently. Now um, they are living like the lap of luxury, um, but they're also like very much ensconced within the walls. Um, I think that they, as much as they were able to kind of bribe their way out of the legal uh, issues, they're still, I think, a little bit on edge because of not everyone in the city is corrupt. And so, yeah, you're able to find their uh, their place. It's pretty, it's pretty well guarded. You see that there's probably about like six guards kind of regularly patrolling the grounds. Six guards. <laughs> ah. <laughs> not a problem. I mean, that, that, is, that is reasonably well-guarded, but uh, <clears throat> not a problem. Uh, yeah, if you wanted to frame this, uh, I would say just another couple of... Um, I'm going to say probably one stealth check and one sleight of hand to kind of... Or, like, or you could do streetwise or um, just straight intelligence, whichever you'd prefer, to kind of plant the stuff in, in such a way that it's, like, obvious that... Or that it's not obvious that it was planted by someone else, rather. Sure. Yeah. I'm going to use dancing lights to get past the guards, putting them in like a bush or something and making them <laughs> rustle around like an animal. Hey, um, hey what's over there? Hey, uh, 
hey, hey Steve, come uh, come help me investigate. Uh, it looks come. like some sort of like moving animal. It's glowing. It's weird. Yeah. Maybe it's I'll one of those bunnies that if you hit it with an arrow, it like gold comes out of it. Oh, God, we these do that. people are monsters. <laughs> I, I don't feel at all bad about what I'm doing. I cast minor illusion to make bunny noises in the bush. Uh, <laughs> Which is really, it's just, there's not much noise. But uh, anyways, yeah, so I'm distracting them to the bush. Yes, exactly, you got it. Yeah. Very good bunny sound effects. Thank you. Uh, and then I guess I'll uh, streetwise and sleight of hand, you said? Uh, yeah, I think uh, stealth to get past if you have an oh, stealth. Yeah, and, sure. then, and uh, then streetwise or sleight of hand or like intelligence. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, stealth is a 28. And okay. streetwise is uh, me spending a sorcery point to re-roll it. <laughs> That's the, the sorcerer thing. Sorceress, yep. what is it? Uh, yes, oh no, for sure. Got it written down. Yeah, you, you know, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's, it's, a really, it's a really good feature. It's really necessary in this moment. Uh, all right, hopefully this is better. Uh, natural 20. Oh my god. Woo, Salem, redeeming the rolls from earlier. Uh, as you yeah, I, took, I took all your luck sorry folks <laughs> uh yeah uh bunny noises a little glows distract the guards absolutely no problem slipping in through the shadows you are one with the shadows um and with a natural 20 um it is like it is such a perfect uh like frame job that like there is no evidence that anybody else has ever touched this other than uh trevor and uh millie plum and you find like i think you find some uh some like combs and stuff with millie plum's hair uh, and you're able to place them like in the wire framing that like holds the painting up uh so that like it looks like a little bit of hair got caught and you like fray the ends a little bit so that it looks like it was actually like torn as opposed to just like placed there and so that even someone like looking to see if this was frame a frame job would absolutely in no way be able to find evidence of it being a frame job you place it there um and uh you uh i think with that yeah you wanted to leave a note with someone with that natural 20 um you have enough of a working knowledge of the like underbelly of this city uh you've spent enough time there you know who the corrupt cops are, who the ones you can bribe, the ones that like you can kind of like intimidate into doing certain things or nothing. And the very rare few, you cannot. And that information is just, if not more important, is knowing who you can't like approach in that way. And I think the anonymous tip uh if you're giving it to the cops or are you giving it to trevor's people who are you thinking sorry my that's me making an two, assumption two two tips no you're okay. right i'm not going to go directly to trevor's people uh two tips one to the corrupt cops to pass along to trevor sort of just uh maybe i'll mention it while i know one of them is uh like nearby like i'm i'll i'll have a conversation in a speakeasy or something like that um with one of my contacts so Love that it. I'm not directly telling them, but they find out. Right. Say like, oh, Millie, Millie was bragging about this or whatever. Um, but then I'm also going to tip off the few good ones and let them know to expect uh, some problems in the streets. And I don't expect that they'll be able to stop it. 
In fact, I don't really care if they do, but <laughs> I just want them to make sure that nobody innocent is hurt in the crossfire. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, just make me... Um, I'm going to say make me a persuasion check with advantage, please. I'm really just stealing all the good rolls. Uh, 18. <laughs> all right. Still, still no dirty 20s, though. Yeah, not, that's, none at all today. None at all. Yeah, a few natural 20s, which is good. Um, but yeah, no dirty 20s. Uh, with an 18, you uh, you do these like these tip-offs. It is perfectly like exactly what you expect. Um, and with an 18, you're able to communicate to the kind of like the good cops uh, that it's not so much that they need to stop this, but it is that they need to protect like citizens. And... Um, they're like they do a good enough job like listening and keeping their their bead on like what's going on in the underground um that they kind of know when this is going to take place when this showdown between the two factions now within the grub tongues is going to go down and uh yeah they're able to clear an area and about three days later you hear that uh trevor grub tongue well unofficially trevor grub tongue um officially uh kyle deluce and uh he had confronted like maggie grub tongue and uh well mostly tried to like go just around grub tongue um and just go straight to maggie and was very accusatory but drub grub tongue had was taking none of it um like the fact that someone was coming at his daughter, like he is a very protective person. Um, and you hear in the streets that uh, Trevor is very quickly sent to swim with the fishes, actually, as an example to other members of the Grubtongue family. Um, and you actually hear that um, Drub Grubtongue begins like prominently displaying this painting uh, on the outside of his gate. Uh, it is a an expensive piece of art, but he is using it as a warning symbol. He is letting it get rained on. He's letting like uh, the city, like vapors and stuff, kind of ruin this art piece um, as this full-on display. Um, and the kind of the contingent of the grub tongues that is in the inner Romic ward and the outer Romic ward actually is actually significantly weaker currently, as like a pretty substantial cull of Trevor's people happened. Uh, and the main Grubtongue family is kind of consolidating bases and drawing inwards a little bit and circling their... Circling the wagons? That's the term. Circling the wagons. Right. Well, uh, I suppose the last thing that Salem's going to do then is make a sizable donation to the uh, Outer Romic. Find some... I guess, uh, halfway house or charity or something of the sort and um, leave all the money that they stole from Trevor on top of a little bit more as well. Uh, we'll call it some, I don't know. Uh, hang on, I have a question. Are we being yeah. paid by the uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> by our employers? You were you were paid by your employers, uh, <laughs> which I I guess would would be like, it would definitely be, it would be more than enough for like, you know, regular living and like sure. having some fun and stuff. And I don't know, let's call it for all the stuff you did. I don't know, 600 gold each. 
Cool. Uh, yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. Okay. Then Salem's gonna Salem's gonna leave um, seven hundred and fifty in the other realmic. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. You uh, leave seven hundred and fifty. There is of just like. Uh, there is a tremendous amount of like crime and corruption in New Republic. There are also a tremendous amount of people who are trying to make it better and help others. And there are like, there's a halfway house or like a, a meal service or like, just like there are a bunch of well-intentioned people. Some of them are religious. Some of them are not. And yeah, you leave uh, one of them 750 gold richer. Uh, one, you know, is doing really good work. Fantastic. All right. Salem is satisfied. Cool. Awesome. Uh, Lonlin, you've connected with your father. What else would you like to do kind of over the course of like a week and a half, two weeks? Mostly she just wanted to track her father down just to make sure he was okay. But she might... Hmm. Yeah, she might try and talk to Joey real quick. But other than that, I can't really think of anything else she might try and do other than like talk to her dad more. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, you can talk to your dad. Uh, do you kind of tell him what's going on? And No, she, like she would play it off as like, well, it's like she can't talk about it because it's like, you know, non-disclosure agreement or whatever. <laughs> but um, hey, Stupid NDAs. No, but I get it. It's you all the time. Yeah. yeah. But there is an option to extend, but I don't know if I want to extend is the thing. Well, my dear, I just wanted to let you know, whatever you decide, I support you 100% of the way. I mean, hey, if you want to leave MacGuffins, there's always a place for you at the shop. You know that, right? Like, I, you've got skills. No, no, I don't want to leave MacGuffins. MacGuffins is fine. It's just... The team that I'm placed with, I'm struggling to connect with them. And I don't know if it's a generational thing or if it's just we're, we're too far apart. And I kind of left things in a way that I'm not proud of. Well, you know what I always taught you? If you've done something of which you're not proud, the only thing you can do is to make up for it. Right, is to be honest and make amends. And Lonlin, you are a spectacular person. And I don't know, if, if people can't see that, then, then they don't deserve to work with you. But I don't, if, 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 if I know you at all, it's probably not as big of a deal as you're making it. And I think you're, I think you can make, I think you can make amends, but it doesn't have, it's not always going to be easy. And you know that, but you've now got so much experience. You, you could give lessons in how to redeem people. In fact, I think sometimes you do. Well, that's the thing though. I don't. I can. I can give them tools. But, you know, I, is that enough, really? Because I can't... Because one of them said, just because, like, my my good is not their good. 
and I'm well aware of that, but then it makes me think, well, what is their version of good? You know? And I think the biggest issue I'm having is I can't trust them to have my back, but I think the worst part of it is that they can't trust me. And this is what I do for a living. I, I'm supposed to protect people and I'm fine with me not trusting them because I know what to expect, but if they can't trust me, then I, then they should find someone they do trust, you know, so they can find a, a good fit for that team, you know? Medir, if I know you can't talk to me about it, but I just want to say, first of all, they would be lucky to have you on the team, right? And if they can't trust you, then they're idiots because you are the best person I've ever met. And I don't mean to say that you're perfect and that you've never made mistakes. We both know that you have, right? Yeah. But it's not that you've made mistakes. It's what you've done afterwards, right? And if they can't see that, then that's on them. But is it possible that maybe they've made a mistake as well? I mean, yeah, possibly, but we don't, we don't talk like none of us talk to one another. And if we do, it's sort of in like riddles or, you know, weird innuendos or whatever. So it's, it's not what I'm used to working with. And I, maybe I just need to adjust. Longlin, like I said, whatever you decide, I with you, I'm with you 100% of the way and I support you. I just want to say if there is something missing, if you feel you need more communication, words are your best weapon, right? They're your best defense. I know you're skilled with the sword, the shield, the armor, all that stuff. I know you're incredibly good with that. But your real skill, my dear, has always been your powers of persuasion and insight and just understanding and empathy. And if anybody can make this work, I know it's you. I 100% believe in you, my dear. Thanks, Dad. I appreciate that. Of course. Yeah. Now, of course, if they can't see them, see that, then fuck them, right? Well, no. I mean, I, I still want them to do well. I just... Well, then it sounds like if you want them to do well, maybe it's incumbent upon you to help them see what well is. Yeah. Maybe I'll try something else. Maybe maybe I can try something new. Yeah. Yeah. That's always that's great. Now, should we get back to me whooping your ass at poker? Look, I've been gone for a, a little while, but I, <laughs> I can still kick your ass. Okay, well, let's just see. Uh and he'll pull out a deck of cards and start shuffling them. Um and uh yeah, he rolls like shit. Uh he cannot bluff you. Uh, he's got, like, he gets just crap hand after crap hand. Uh, he rolled a natural one. So uh, it is very clear what his cards are. You don't even have to roll. You can easily uh, snag him. And you have a very pleasant, like, few days reconnecting with your father. Uh, Perfect. <laughs> all right. Uh, Lisette, is there anything else that you would like to do? Um, I think that it is just catching up with Angie 
um calling her mom not seeing her mom but like calling her mom with angie and then just going back to her apartment okay uh well first of all what does your so when you say calling your mom are you calling her from your apartment or are you calling her from like angie's place or like a payphone because 1920s ish time payphones totally exist i mean hell we had elvis elvis presley made an appearance payphones exist uh i'd say like from like her apartment with angie okay uh what does lisette's apartment look like um or what would you expect lisette's apartment to look like so many dead plants <laughs> she's not been there in 14 months it was it's very very meticulously organized um like it's very plain very minimalist her bed is made to the point where like it's one of those things where you can like a bounce a quarter off of it <laughs> it's pristine it's clean it's perfect but there are so many dead plants in it um and i also think that the second that she gets home like she immediately like messes it all up just from <laughs> not caring anymore amazing um i think uh as you open the door as well you have to push aside a stack of envelopes um there are a bunch of past due bills there's a bunch of like just regular like life admin stuff um but you also see that uh there are a tremendous amount of notes from your mum. Some of them are in envelopes that have been like actually mailed. Some of them she's very clearly dropped off. Did your mom have a key, do you think? Or uh, yes. Okay. Uh, in that case, um, the stack is actually fairly small. It's pretty much just like probably only the last three months. Everything else is actually in a very neat pile on like the, the kitchen table. There's like piles for old bills. There's pile for like utilities and invoices and things that you get uh correspondence flyers uh, and then there's like a stack that's probably as tall as any of the other ones that are just letters from your mom damn it i missed tax season <laughs> yeah I, I know that was always your favorite it's why why did you love taxes so much it, it just you know refiling all the receipts and just doing all the math you know it's it's exciting you get to see you're, you're such a nerd like. oh she my god shoulder <laughs> considerably stronger now than she was before too <laughs> ow that like actually hurts and yeah you can go through and you can sort these uh the letters from your mom are a lot of them are at first just like imploring you to to reach out to her she has no idea what's going on she's worried about you all this stuff. Um, and then like kind of the last couple, it sounds like she is kind of using this as a way to kind of speak to you in grief, like assuming that you have died uh, in some mysterious way. And she's kind of like telling you a lot of the stuff that she wishes she could have told you in person. Uh, most of it is just that she loves you. And you like, it's very clear, like this was kind of her way of, communicating with you that uh or like talking to you after you had supposedly died was sending letters she doesn't read them okay <laughs> she just like pushes them to the side all right it's been a long day she is very drunk still <laughs> awesome and then you call your mom it's i would say for it to have gotten that late it's probably pretty late at night 
um, like maybe like 12 o'clock at night. Uh, do you call your mom still? Okay, this is... She's going to call the second that Lizette hears her mom's voice. She goes, hi, mom, and then hangs up immediately. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, yeah, your mom says, uh, just like, hello? And then you say, hi, mom, you hang up, and your phone, like, two seconds later, starts ringing. She looks at Angie and like is, like, shaking her head. <laughs> Angie is like, um, you... You have to answer. You you cannot just call her and say hi, mom, and then not expect her to freak out. I she thought you were dead. I don't have to pick it up. She knows I'm alive now. It's just fine. No, no, she. Um, <laughs> Lisette, you've got to answer. Uh, you hear the phone like the phone line stops, and then it starts ringing again. <sighs> this was a mistake. Maybe we're both very drunk, but also, uh, oh, Jax, yeah, it's it was a mistake. Too. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, get a feral dog! Oh god! And she starts running around trying to shoo this dog that has taken up residence. Shouldn't have um, the window open. That was my bad. <laughs> uh, Angie is like chasing this dog around, and then he's like, "But it's also very cute, Lizette. We could keep it. Uh, we could. Hey, um." Do you want to go to the library or something? Just the two of us. <laughs> Just, you know. Uh, your phone is still ringing. Uh, and she is like, Lisette, seriously, I know our dads. Our dads mean business. I have never been more scared than I am right now of what your mom is going to do if she knows that I know and uh, we don't pick up. I am, I am, I am, you, you said that there is an Eldrick uh, horror after you. Uh, has it met your mom? Uh, uh, ring, no. ring. Oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> she picks up the phone. Uh, there is silence, and then you just hear your mom. Honey. Hi. <gasps> Lizette holds the phone away from her her ear. <laughs> Um, and your She's mom, crying. your mom is fully bawling and Angie's like, yeah, um, she th thought you were gone. Uh, and your mom, uh, you just hear her saying, honey, I'm coming over. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm going to be right there. Wait, Don't, no, 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 no. no. Uh, mom. What? Mom. Are you okay? Y yeah, yes, I, yes. Honey. I, I, I'm, I'm fine. This is. I'm fine. Um, you're alive. I'm alive. Oh can you? Can we do this tomorrow? Um. Okay. I've committed so many murders today, and it's just been a lot. And uh, I just need a minute, but I needed you to know that I'm okay. Um. Okay, that's an opening. That's. Hi, honey. How's it going? It's okay. I've committed a lot of murders. Okay. Wow. Um, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, but, uh, I, I'm coming over. I'm sorry. I'm, 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 I, you've been gone for 14 months, honey. <laughs> I'm, I thought you were dead. I'm not waiting. 
another minute, okay? She covers the mouthpiece. Angie, we have to go. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say, make me a persuasion check. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, okay, wait. What's my persuasion modifier? I don't think I've used persuasion ever. I think I just do what I want normally. Um, <laughs> so that was a two, but with a plus eight, that's a 10. Okay. All right. A 10 is pretty good. Um, and she is just like, he's trying not to say anything because he does not want your mom to know. And he's just like, uh, uh, and he kind of like, is like, oh, Hey, I guess whatever you want to do. She uh, uncovers the mouthpiece and goes, Angie's here. I'm fine. It's just the two of us. And then she covers it again and goes, See, now you're involved. We have to go. Oh. <laughs> uh, and uh, you can just hear uh, your mom like continually like crying in relief mostly. You hear her like just saying, Oh, that's good. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank Wait, how long is he? I'm going to kill him. And Angie's like, Okay. Uh, we'll see you uh tomorrow uh he's just yelling at the phone uh and he's like okay let's go i guess uh. yeah um i'm fine Angie. Angie's known for um like a couple weeks now uh angie is fully freaking out he's like no no i just learned tonight uh and you hear your mom saying i'm gonna kill you i'm gonna I'm going to fucking kill you, Angie. Okay, we'll uh, see you tomorrow. Bye, and she hangs up. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, Lisette, make me uh, just an insight check. <laughs> That's a natural 20. Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow. Oh, God. Uh, chaos. Uh, wait, wait. Insight? <laughs> so it's it's 23. <laughs> uh a uh, freaking amazing with a natural 20 um first of all angie uh fully scared for his life right now uh is probably more scared than like at any point during this conversation and pretty much at any point that you've ever uh known him to be um but that's easy that's an easy thing to read uh the other thing you know is your mom is definitely convinced that angie has known uh probably like will exact some sort of revenge on angie if you don't step in uh and also um the fact that the phone hasn't rung again right away you know your mom is on her way she is currently heading like over she is going to be here probably within like 10 minutes okay i haven't needed to show too much empathy in about 14 months it's really cruel if we leave right yeah, even especially to me. Damn it! I just, I, it's just, it's been a long day, and I Why didn't did want you... to run into you. Oh. Ouch! Oh, goddamn dog! Get out of here! <laughs> uh, first of all, ouch. Second of all, um, you did, and then you called her, and you cannot expect her to not come over at the moment like right away like and also if if we leave and we're not here to explain that i haven't known her for that i haven't known this for two weeks what you know we she's just, gonna kill me what if we just burn the apartment down we just make it look like an accident <laughs> jesus no i'm okay i'm putting my foot down we we cannot tell her 
that you're back and then burn down your apartment and make her go through that again. All right. We'll leave a note that says that we're fine, which is that then she can't come here. And okay, so sorry. We burn down the apartment, make it look like an accident, and we leave a note? Yeah, see, I I don't understand where the confusion lies. (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm, uh, this is frankly spectacular, amazing. I think I might actually just be fully hallucinating. I'm not convinced. I think I maybe saw someone who looks like my childhood best friend who I've been in love with for years. And I've, I think I might have just gone into a mental breakdown because this is, um, wow. Uh, he goes over, he picks up the stray dog and he just fully like comfort animaling himself, just like stroking this dog in his arms. Huh. Um, the urge to gaslight him right now is so real for Elliot, <laughs> but I know that that would be so mean. <laughs> Amazing. Um, uh, all right. All right. Okay. 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 God, you sound just like the rest of my team. I guess that's why I'm like this. That's why we're in this mess to be given. She's like talking to herself fully. Starts speaking other languages too as she starts doing it. Uh, you start speaking other languages, Angie definitely looks confused by this uh but isn't questioning it and uh elliot my question to you do you want to role play the conversation with your mom or do you want to wait until next session for that i think that we can just because i feel like it's just going to be like very similar to what happened with angie i feel like <laughs> yeah. we can just spark notes it all right yeah i mean spark it's notes. just gonna be more crying and more lizette trying to burn things down and run away all right <laughs> Fuck. I mean, make me two stealth checks and also one just intimidation check. I should just start doing this at the top of every session. I feel like that's just... <laughs> okay. So that is a uh, six stealth. <laughs> yep. Okay. A nine stealth and okay. a... Um... <laughs> a 27 intimidation <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Angie's going to back up whatever story you tell. Uh, Angie looks so freaking scared, partially of your mom, but also partially of you. Um, but, uh, I think, yeah, there's like these, uh, you, uh, how do you go about intimidating Angie and your mom at some point? Just like, um, cause like the stealth, again, you try to just run away a couple more times and you run into, um, like a closet or you run into like the bathroom and slam the door. And it's like, <laughs> I forget what the rooms are like. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Um, I think that it's not an intentional intimidation. I think that Lizette just gets overwhelmed sometimes and starts speaking like abyssal to herself. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, I think like what's happening is your mom is coming in she's confessing like all like how worried she was she's talking about the love she has for you um and uh like all this stuff and she's basically just trying to tell you that it's okay whatever happened and then uh like you start speaking in abyssal and you just see like um kind of like very much concern come over her eyes not so much fear of you but fear for you um and yeah she is um i think the other thing with the intimidation 
um, your mum doesn't kill Angie. With the intimidation, uh, your mum, uh, I think, leans over to oh, him at one, at one point and is like, okay, first of all, I hate that you knew before me. Second of all, I can absolutely see why you didn't tell me for two weeks. Lizette greets her mom by going, so, how's Felix? Oh, fuck. <laughs> and uh, with that, um, we are, I think, going to end our session oh, God. for today. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. The emotional turmoil wow. is what leveled us up. Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> Next time for another exciting adventure in the Dirty Twenties. Will our heroes deal with the threat of the Grub Tongue crime family? Who will Lizette next send to the archives? And what shenanigans will Cricket get up to when he returns? Tune in to find out. In the meantime, visit www.dirty20spodcast.com, all spelled out, to be the most angelic Angelini around. If you want to contact us, you can send us an email at dirty20spodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, and if you send us any fan art, we'll be sure to add it to the website. Remember to rate review and subscribe on whichever podcasting app you use my name is marcus stusick my players this week were craig chapman toby mcgowan and elliot white until next time friends stay safe stay kind and don't take any wooden nickels <laughs> what a ride oh my god lizette that is amazing. I wanted her to run away so bad. <laughs> I did not know her biggest fear was like socializing with people she knows and that like are close to her. Like, her biggest fear is being loved. Oh, <laughs> oh no. no. <laughs>